Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartet Sign-Up Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shevinoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu ju- 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 world champion, Angel Ortega. we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Obviously, we got BKFC 41 to go over, which was trending all weekend. UC 288 Fight Week is this week. We've also got one championship making their U.S. debut. Before we get into all that, as always, you're brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Code Sound for both of those. RogueEnergy.com, they keep me fueled up. They keep me going throughout my day, and they keep you going with Code Sound Off at checkout for 10% off. On the other end, Elixir, they're going to get you really high. They got Delta 8, 9, and 10 products, as well as HHC. They got gels, joints, gummies. They got it all. You can get it for 10% off with Code Sound Off. Fantastic sponsors. Both been with us for a while now. And, uh, yeah, big fans. Angel, we're just gonna go ahead and just we're gonna go ahead and skip the UFC to start it. I understand that's a very that's a very controversial thing to do. It's very rare to go ahead and switch it up. But dude, let's be honest here. The real the real card of the weekend was BKFC 41 going down in Broomfield, Colorado. You know, going into this one, we knew it was BKFC's biggest card, and we knew we later learned that you know. David Feldman, he was out there. He was putting his own stuff on the line for this one. He put up Angel. He put up two mortgages to make this card happen. What a what a guy! First of all, that's commitment right there. That is commitment, and I think it worked out because this card was everywhere this weekend. And in the main event, dude, uh, Mike Platinum Perry defeating Luke Rockhold. I mean, first of all, we'll, as far as the fight itself, we'll talk about that in a second. But in terms of the event coming together, you mentioned. What a guy. I mean, David Feldman putting up the mortgages. He's, he's given his all, man, to try and make this into, into a legitimate, uh, promotion. What, do, what were your thoughts on the event on the whole? Beyond, before we kind of break into the, the X's and the O's. I mean, look, I, I, I needed, I can like full-heartedly admit this and confidently say it. I think no matter what, you're always going to get at least one or multiple bangers in a BKFC card. You might not know the fucking guy or gal, but you're going to get it. That is factual, yeah. I mean, it's just the nature of the, how the sport is um, and how it, uh, it things can play out. Um, kind of to break into the card a little bit, Josh, I mean, starting at the top with the main event, right? Because, uh, fuck, man, for one, I, I never thought that Luke would do this, but fuck credit to him, he came over, he did it, and, uh, hey, man, he he tried it, you know, wasn't didn't work out. Uh, you know, verbal, verbal ending, but, uh, mm-hmm. Mike Perry, man, he really is becoming, he, I mean, when it comes to just bare knuckles as a whole, he is the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe he's actually technically a promotional free agent as of this moment. I believe that was his last fight with BKFC, but I think, yeah, if, I mean, he's the face of the promotion, he's coming back. There's no way that they've let him go. He's the face of that company. He fits too well. And as far as Luke goes, I never in a million years expected to see Luke Rockhold in the BKFC ring. But, you know, and that's kind of the weird part, too, is I actually really thought before before he kind of, you know, I, before he kind of retired. You know, that's that's the official term. What is it? TKO retirement is, is the, you know, <laughs> what it's listed in the record book says. 
I yep. thought before that he was actually looking pretty good. But, dude, have you seen um, the video of him on Monday after the fight and his his entire mouth, his bottom lip, you can see where the teeth, like, split through his lip. Have you seen that clip? Yes, I did. Uh, well, it was the one where he talked right afterwards. I was like, yep, got that one off the bucket list. <laughs> <You know that one? laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And the Chip Tooth Man, which is, hey, man, that's a Ralph Lauren model right there for you guys, if you didn't know. He is a Ralph Lauren model, so, you know. <laughs> you know, Josh, I, I want to mention something that I said to you uh, Sunday because we actually ended up seeing each other before we did the pod, which doesn't happen very often. We try to avoid it. No, not not for any reason, specifically, but sometimes, you know, make make uh, each podcast say it's... Angel, I avoid talking to you at all times. I mean, this look, is, the second those checks stop, stop coming, I mean, the show's over. <laughs> uh, well, well, it's to, to make the best podcast possible. <laughs> But what I was going to say is, uh, or what I was going to uh, mention to you again was, Josh, can you imagine if you went to a coma last year, just exactly in May, start of May, you wake up today, and I show you that picture of Conor McGregor across from Mike Perry with the BKFC belt. What the fuck do you think, dude? Well, I don't even. I don't even need to. I mean, you don't even need to go that far with it, dude. On on fight night, I told you this. I fell asleep before the main event. I just I took too many of those those Delta Eight gummies, you know, and uh, and I woke up at like three a.m. with an ESPN notification of Conor McGregor facing off with Mike Perry in the ring, and I thought I took way too much. <laughs> you, you thought you were still going? I was, just, I was like, this is this is wait a minute, this, this is acid. This isn't Delta Eight. <laughs> just, just so you know, that video on ESPN. Has 1.5 million views now, dude. They, you know, this is this is exactly it. You know, on da- David Feldman, I don't agree with this point with him. I don't agree with this point with him. He said uh, he did the MMA Hour and he said that Saturday Night showed that BKFC is the number two promotion in combat sports. Massive disagree there. However, I do think you can make a case, and I think you can make a case because they're starting to have these viral moments on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Like you know, like we mentioned Bellator. Um, last week, or the week before, about how Patchy Mix got a huge knock out of Rufio Scott's and he was everywhere. Bellator has that happen relatively regularly. BKFC doesn't. They don't have that happen too often. But if they can keep moments like this happening, just big moments, it doesn't even happen. Like, for example, everybody involved with, like, the, the, pretty much this entire card, okay? Mike Perry, Luke Rockhold, Eddie Alvarez, Chad Mendez, you can even throw Beck Rawlings, Ben Rothwell in there. All former UFC stars, all former UFC veterans, but they're all kind of past their prime. But they got that name value. And when you put that name value together, it entices people, you know? And they can make more big moments like they did on Saturday. Then they can keep on, maybe not, they're maybe they're not in that number two position right now, but they can get there. And dude, that scene of him and Connor facing off, oh my God, it was crazy. But yeah, man, I mean... Connor, Connor was there, and that, that shocked me to see Connor there. First, I, I thought that, you know, they probably paid an appearance fee and all this. They said they didn't, you know, and David Feldman said they, they didn't and all that. I, you, you can believe that if you want. I don't, know how, I don't know if I believe it. But, yeah, Connor was there in appearance to see, obviously, the main event with Mike Perry picking up the win, but also to see two former opponents, Eddie Crazy. Alvarez and Chad Mendes, putting on, I, I mean, dude. It's it's up there. It's up there with Jason Knight and uh, Artem Lobov for sure. Right? I think it's yeah. It's in the top five greatest BKFC like fights of all time. It, it, you can put him in just fights like top ten ever. You know what I mean? In my opinion, 
That was chaos personified. You know what I mean? Four knockdowns. Four. Well, just trading it back and forth and back and forth. You know? And ultimately it ends up being Eddie who gets the win by split decision. Afterwards, Chad Mendes retires. What do you think about, you know, Eddie getting the win? Oh, ultimately, I don't feel like either one of these guys lost. I didn't really, you know. Right. It didn't feel like it. You, I would have, I wish, I was hoping for a draw, dude. That's what I was hoping for, too. I was hoping for my Bigfoot and Mark Hunt moment. Fucking raise both hands. Just like, yeah, dude. Yes. This <laughs> is so good. If I think I'm the intimate man, I always got to bring it up. But, really, uh. Really. Yeah, man. It was cool. To, by the way, super cool to see them afterwards at the press conference together, side by side. Great support out of those two guys, which obviously no fucking surprise. These guys have been around forever. And uh, like we said, man, Eddie Alvarez, Chad Mendes is the greatest fight that I never thought about or one of the best matchups that I never thought about. And we got it. And that's so fucking cool. We got it because VKFC exists. Uh, I don't think we ever probably would have got an MMA and I don't even know how I would have got an MMA. I don't even want to think about it, you know. I don't, yeah. I don't even want to have that idea in my mind because I got this pro, uh, this outcome, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chad retired. I'm curious to see if Eddie decides to continue. Maybe one more, two more. Who knows? I mean, he's uh, there's guys in BKFC who found success who are around the same age as Eddie. I mean, Eddie's 39, going on 40 here soon, I believe. Dat Nguyen is uh, 40 now, and he became uh, came to be a BKFC in his a. Uh, late 30s, and he found some success and is, is still doing pretty well. I think he won his last match, uh, which was uh, the card before. I could be wrong on that. Uh, let me double-check here. Actually, it was two, was that two cards ago? And, yeah, he won that against Daniel Strauss, who that's another guy who came from MMA and found uh, some success in uh, BKFC, or, or at least is trying to find success, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing with BKFC is I understand some people are like, you know, it's it's human cockfighting. It's, it's terrible. It's too violent. This is that. It's like you don't have to watch it. And man, like even I am like sometimes some fights in BKC. I'm like that's a little bit much for even me. You know what I'm saying? Like just right. <laughs> some of the injuries in there, man. They're hard to watch, and some of the fights are hard to watch. But I'm down for any organization that wants to come out here and give a fighters a paycheck. I I don't see the issue with more options. And that's why I always get irritated whenever people always try to, like, down promotions like Bells or BKFC. I'm like, you guys don't realize, like, is it important for the UFC to be around? Like, yes, the UFC is the number one promotion. But, like, dude, if you get rid of these other promotions, you kind of start to have, like, a little bit of a dark age. You know what I mean? We, like, we, this we, happened whenever the UFC bought all their competitors previously with Pride and WC and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, you're right. And we need them, you know. And plus yeah. that, Josh, what important thing. I've always DTF, Josh. Down, down to, to fight. <laughs> so, you know, they need to be around, you know. It's I, important. There can't be a monopoly, for one. You know, it's important for there not to be. Right, yeah, Cause, of course. Because then that's a whole other set of issues that we won't even get into. Yeah. But uh, it was nice to see them have their night. This was pay-per-view. I went to my local Buffalo Wild Wings and watched <laughs> this. Uh, de- but I will say, Josh, I did think about reaching out to you and splitting it. Because it was like 50 bucks. It would have been 25 apiece. Which compared to the fucking eighty nine ninety nine that you pay for uh, UFC nowadays, way better in comparison for the price. Oh yeah, dude. If, if BKFC keeps their papers at, like fifty dollars, you know. Oh, well, they've, they've had, had, a, they've had them. I mean, they've had a just regular like ten dollars subscription to watch any of their cards, right? I know. Yeah. Or something That's like always that. been the best deal in combat sports, in my opinion. 
like, I remember I got it whenever it was like $3 monthly to watch all the BKFC fights and then their, their previous fights. Did they really grandfather people in into like a cheaper deal or something like that? I think so. I think so. I mean, BKFC, which by the way, you didn't mention this, they're looking, they're going to have a TV deal soon. They're getting away from streaming, which I don't know how what? I feel about. Well, I mean, I feel like if there's any way they could still integrate an app or something, I feel like that'd be awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, um, there's still money in TV, man. Like, even though maybe we're not watching I know. it. I know. It's just, it's just, it sucks. By the way, you <laughs> said I, I, you know, I, I, I don't like, I, just, I don't got TV, you know? <laughs> I, 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 gonna, it, I can't believe it. Seven ninety nine a month to get full access to special content and all the replays on BKFC events. That's, hey, how old Not doing? sponsored, but. Not sponsored. We're not sponsored by them, but they did put on a great card, and, uh, yeah, man, I mean, and, in terms of the actual BKFC 41 card itself, any closing thoughts, any fights you want to go and talk about before we go and move on to UFC? I mean, banger. I mean, there's a lot. There was that one-punch knockout that I saw on Twitter who I can't even remember who it was. But go on Twitter, and I'm sure you can find it. I mean, there's just a lot of there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, actually, here, I just found the guy's name. Dylan Weinmiller. Seven-second fight. Uh, literally yeah, threw a combination, missed a few punches, landed one on the chin. Guy was out. Yeah, man. I mean, that was a huge win there. Seven seconds, I believe. Roughly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the thing you mentioned. You mentioned this earlier. There's always going to be some big BKFC knockouts. Um, and that's because I mentioned this earlier. Uh, like, last week, I think, uh, we talked about how, like, Bellator and PFL and, like, promotions just keep guys around as, like, cannon fodder. That's uh, – BKFC does that a lot, you know. Um, and I have some issues with their matchmaking. But, you know, I hope – now that they're kind of becoming more solidified, they don't have to do that sort of thing. Well, um, I, I don't know, Josh. I think our boy Felony Charles Bennett is taking a fight soon with them. Felony Charles Bennett is going to be fighting uh, for Game Bread. He's going to be fighting for Jorge's promotion and oh, Bare Knuckle MMA. Still not a good idea. Yeah, he's he's lost. I don't even know how many fights he's really lost. Dude, I literally I I saw that uh, they announced. Uh, Crazy Horse's new fight, and I the first thing I did was I immediately looked up like on Snapchat, and sure enough, there's like I'm like oh I, um, I bet Crazy Horse is hitting the gym right now. Just had a fight announced, and sure enough, it's him smoking a joint, just vibing in his car. I'm like yeah, that sounds about right, you know. I fucking <laughs> what a guy. Um, but yeah, man, I think it's about time to move on to UC Vegas because this card bit of a low key one, and by a bit, bit of a low key one, I mean. I it had its moments, really, though. No, no, no. I enjoyed the card. I'm just saying I didn't see anybody really talking about it. Um, but, dude, in the main event, uh, if you had any questions on if Song Yudong was for real before this night, there's no questions now. Uh, goes out there and knocks out Ricky Simone in round five. Puts, I don't want to say a master class, but he looked damn good out there, man. What do you think about him picking up the win in the main event? I mean, beautiful. This is what I wanted. Uh, I just didn't think it'd be this fucking good. Uh, for one, man, this kid has a very long career himself. 25 years old, I mean, he has the potential of a 10 or 12, 13, 14 year career. Still. It's crazy. I mean, he's gonna fight for a championship multiple times throughout his career. I imagine. Mm-hmm. If, even if he doesn't capture it initially, he'll fight for it again, and I'm sure there'll be another time. Like, he's gonna get multiple shots at this thing. Uh, if he doesn't get a hold of it and keep it. So, that's crazy to think, man, that, He's only going to get better, and he has a great camp behind him, and that he's he's this successful and looks this good at this age. 
Um, yeah, big bounce back win. Uh, like I told you that night, Josh, uh, you know, this only made it clear to me that Sean O'Malley would have fucked up Ricky Simone potentially. Yeah, I saw Ricky calling for that fight for for a while there, and it's probably a good thing it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, man, things work out in certain ways. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm happy. Uh, potential future champ for first male champ for China. Potentially, you know, obviously not not going to rule it out. But uh, he still has a long road ahead of him and a 135 division that's full of dogs and full of people on the come up. So I honestly don't know who I want to see him against next, but I'm sure they'll, get, they'll set him up against someone really fun. I agree. I don't know who he'll fight next. I mean, you know, I saw him calling for Piotr Jan. Um, I don't think that fight's going to happen. I think uh, Piotr Jan, you know, was it three losses in a row? What were you saying? So that's a hard fight. That is a hard fight. And he's also lost three in a row. And I just don't think it makes sense for either guy right now. I think Song Dong's on the way up. I want to fight. I want to see him fight somebody else on the way up or, you know, something along those lines. I'd be down for like a, you know, Cheeto Vera rematch probably. I don't know. Sense. I don't know. I feel like they want to give him a new face. They might even give him someone below, which is kind of like a a little tragic, you know? You but I want... think he'd be fine with that, though, because that's kind of what his whole thing is. He's always been very patient, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, if anything, don't be fucking surprised if he's fighting like Jonathan Martinez. You know, guy who just broke into the rankings recently. Uh, got a big win for Saeed. So... I mean, I, I think that's a potential one if he is going to fight down. Uh, unless unless they fucking throw Umar at him. But uh, I, think Umar, I think they're probably going to set up Umar in a different direction. Um, I don't know. Ma- matchmaking, I mean, there's, there's I feel like there's options, but there is an option to the way, or at least options maybe I'm not necessarily a fan of because we know Marab's kind of off the table. Sean's waiting for his title shot. Uh, he fought Corey not that long ago. I mean, I'm really down for the Piotr Jan fight. Uh, I just, like you said, you, you don't think it'll happen? I I think it's a possibility. Um, cause I, I don't know. We we talked uh, we talked Sunday night about how Piotr might fight a or how you think a, a potential next matchup for Piotr is a Dominic Cruz rather than a Song Yudong and Piotr Jan potential matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's more just, I mean, I'm just throwing that one out there whenever we were talking, but I think, uh, you know, just based off of UFC's matchmaking, could they go out there and just say, Peter Yon, fuck you, like, just, just... <laughs> They could they could give a uh, Piotr uh, Umar, dude. I feel like that'd be crazy, too. They could do some crazy thing, but I really don't, like, Piotr Yon's never pissed them off, I think, so I think they don't have a reason to do that. So that's kind of how I feel about it. You know, I think they're probably, if anything, you know, a Piotr Jan versus Dom Cruz matchup makes sense right now because, you know, they're both coming off of losses. Granted, Piotr's coming off of three versus Dom's one. But Dom still said, you know, one last title run, and this is kind of, you know, if he wins this one title shot. And then, you know, for Piotr, you need to win. So might as well do it. But yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, I'd like to see a Song Dong fight. Uh, Piotr Jan, I just don't think it's going to happen soon. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, in terms of the card outside of the main event, we saw Kyle Barala picking up a second win submission win over Michelle Oliochuk. Not shocking at all there. What do you think about him picking up the win? What I expected, man, I, I, I had him the whole way. There was no doubts in me. 
uh, going into the fight. Uh, I had him 100%. Thought submission was probably one of the better options. I mean, we've seen him, man. He's a complete ladder. He can do it on the feet. He can do it on the ground. Um, so, yeah, I'm just ready to see this kid uh, kind of keep going, keep blowing up, and break into the rink. It's pretty here soon because uh, 185 needs contenders, man. And like I said, it's it doesn't take a lot for you at 185 right now to really get it going, man, and break in there because a lot of those faces have already had their chance at the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then also, I'm really curious what you think about the fact that during fight week, there was a guy that he was talking about, and he was talking a lot about Bo Nickel. And he was kind of saying, you know, that's just hype. You know, he's just this, he's just that. Do you think that Kyle Burrell was potentially trying to angle for a, a future fight with Bo Nickel? I mean, hey, man, I get it. He has eyes on him. He wants to shut down the hype train. He has a lot of experience in the MMA himself. So... Why wouldn't you want that matchup? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, and for Bo, I mean, if he gets that, I mean, that's not a bad deal, man, especially a guy who's kind of built himself as a potential contender coming up here soon in the rankings. And, uh, but you know, Bo has some business to take care of and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will. I mean, as far as the rest of the card goes, like I said, bit of a low-key card. Not a whole lot of people talking about this one, but there were some big wins. I mean, Rodolfo Vieira picking up a submission win. Um, Fernando Padilla upsetting Julian Arosa. And then also, we got a quick shout-out to Marcus McGee. Angel, my fighter to watch is Marcus McGee. Do you know Marcus McGee's story, Angel? I know his whole story, but I know him because when Sean was getting ready to fight Piotr, Marcus was there. He was uh, mm-hmm. one of the main training partners. Yeah, man, he is. Marcus McGee is a a really cool story. I understand, you know, if he's actually kind of my my guy to watch all week because his story is interesting. He's been fighting in MMA for over a decade. He's thirty. He's in his thirties now. He's thirty two years old. He got the call on a week's three days notice. Excuse me, not even a week's notice. He got the call on three days notice to face Jeremy Newsom, and he. Submits him in the second round. Excellent win. And you're talking about, like like I mentioned, he started off 0-2 as an amateur a decade ago. It took him over 11 years to get the call-up, dude. And he finally gets it on three days' notice, and he wins. What a fucking story. But outside of that one, what fights do you most want to talk about, man? Oh, man. You know a fight that kind of surprised Martin Bidet, Jay Collier. Jay Collier gave Martin Bidet some problems, man. I thought Martin Bidet was to be able to get it done... Uh, you just get him out of there, to be honest with you. Uh, but Jake's a tough guy, man. It just goes to show, you know, you at a heavyweight or in, in the UFC in general, you can never doubt anybody because you never know who's going to give you trouble. And I felt like Jake gave Martin's a, a decent look, man. I was actually genuinely surprised. I'm like, I'm ready. I thought Martin Bidet, and I'm not to be disrespectful, I thought he was going to run over Jake Collier. Uh, so nice to see Jake Collier continue to still be competitive and, and put up good fights, obviously. And, and that's what he's been doing since return, uh, and since his new move to heavyweight. I agree. Well, and also, Jake Collier, I think because he was a middleweight that just disappeared for like a y- couple of years and then just showed up back as a heavyweight, people think he's a worse fighter than he is. Like, I know that you have respect for him and I have respect for him, but I think a lot of people, like, they see that, like, side by side comparison, like, photo, I'm sure you've seen it, of him at middleweight versus heavyweight, and they kind of, they think he's not that good, but hey, man, you know, he's, He's picked up some big wins. You know, that fight against Andre Arlovsky was – I love me some Andre Arlovsky. That was one of the worst decisions of all time. 
you know, but because it was a fight night and because it's all Jarlowski and Jay Collier, nobody talks about it, but that was horrific. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, I mean, Jay Collier is pretty decent, but I was pretty, I was honestly, I had higher spe- expectations for Martin Boudet. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, yeah, at least we're on the same page. Uh, another fighter I want to highlight, Erna Alixiva? Uh, Ruby, she gives me Ruby Rose vibes, you know, I, I think it's the, all the tattoos and the shorter hair. But, uh, <laughs> six submission win for her. I, uh, I took a peek at her because I was interested. I'm like, okay, she's got a smaller record, but you never know. Labeled Russian Ronda and shit. I mean, we saw a little bit of there. I know she's a sample player, has some judo under her belt. And, uh, I'm curious to see what she does in her next fight. I just, she looks like an interesting person. Uh, so yeah, I'm just, I want to see more of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I agree. She, the Russian Ronda, man, she missed weight terribly on fight day. How, how bad? Go ahead and I did hear about that. Four oh, pounds. I, four pounds? Fuck. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, catch weight 140. So, yeah, four pounds with the extra allowance. So, pretty I, bad. But, hey, if you're going to go out there and try and get a win to make people forget about the fact that you missed weight by four pounds – that's probably it, man. I mean, that was that was a pretty good win by her, you know? Um, so we'll see what she does next. But, uh, you know, this was a low-key card. But, Angel, now it's time to break into some big boy fights. Specifically, UFC 288 going down this Saturday night from the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. The main event, Aljamain Sterling, the funk master, the UFC's bantamweight champion, looking for his third title defense Against Triple C, Henry Cejudo, the 36-year-old, been out of action for over three years. Last fought May 2020, defeating Dom Cruz by second-round TKO. Whenever he exited the sport, he left on a streak of wins. Wilson Hayes, Sergio Pettis, Demetrius Johnson, TJ Dillashaw, Marlon Moraes, and Dominic Cruz. At the time, whenever he left, I remember us both saying that's one of the greatest runs in MMA history. Now he has the chance to return back three years later beat the Bantamweight champion, and add yet another one to his list and to his resume. Angel, give me your thoughts, man. This is a huge fight. I'm very intrigued. And for me, this is about as 50-50 as it gets. There's so many unknowns heading into this one. Man, I got to say, man, there's a lot of pressure on Aljamain. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of pressure because, look, he, for one, he had to kind of get that respect back after that Piotr fight, right? Uh, it's like a lot of clowning there, a lot of stuff from that. And still to this day, you know, he'll still get made fun of for that whole stuff that went down on that night. But, um, I think this, he needs to come out here and make a statement. I'm, I, I, I'm curious to see how he's able to deal with the pressure and, uh, if it even bothers or even affects him. But these guys are fighters, man. You know, their mental is on a different level. Um, you know, there's, you know, being a champion, you need to you need to be well rounded in all aspects, so everything from your mind and into your actual physical. So uh, for Henry, he's been out of action obviously for a while now. But people say, oh no, he's been gone. All this doesn't that. I mean, Henry's been gone, but he's not been away from the sport though. You know, where we have some guys who've been away from the sport but haven't been actively involved in it. Still, I mean, Henry's still done some training. Maybe not training and saying at at the shape he needed to be at. Uh, to be ready for our, uh, you know, fight on short notice, but, hmm. you know, enough where he's still involved in the sport and helping people, and, uh, and he's still in love with the game, you know, he's, he hasn't gone away from it, so I don't think any of that will go there, and let's see uh, if there is any ring rest in there, I don't know, but I, I will say this, if there's a, if, if Henry Cejudo is close at all to what he was when he left, 
I think he has this fight all day. Mm-hmm. And look, it's, it's a, like you said, it's a 50-50. It's as close as it could be. One thing's for sure, though, I know Aljamain Sterling does not have the kind of wrestling that Henry Cejudo has. And Henry Cejudo has kind of become this adaptive kind of complete fighter where he comes in to fight to fight. Not looking like a different guy, but adjusting, you know? And I think mm-hmm. he'll be able to do that against Aljamain Sterling. And um, and I don't think it's it's not just his wrestling and, and his skills. I think the most the thing that makes Henry Segura such a good fighter is his fucking brain. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna pick Henry Segura to win this one. That's entirely fair. That's entirely fair. You know, I've gone back and forth on this one. That's pretty much where I land as well. But it's it's gambling because it's a big gamble that Henry Segura. Because if he's what he is when he left, I agree. I think he'll win this fight. But it's more than just like, you know, he's hasn't fought in a while. It's been it's been over three years. It's been over three. And I understand he's still been around the sport, but he's thirty six years old, a lifetime of wrestling. And I don't know if people remember this, but his body was starting to kind of break down whenever he left the sport. You know, that's why he he uh, even t- I remember he took a lot of time off from whenever he won the bantamweight title to when he defended it because he had to get, like, a shoulder surgery. I don't remember what he, how bad it was. Remember, he still has the mark on his shoulder, if you even see him. Like, it was pretty it – was, his shoulders were pretty fucked. So it took him a long time to fight, and then obviously he retired. Now it's been three years. He's 36 years old. I just don't – you know, it's like I, I'm going to go with Aljamain Sterling. I just think I've seen him fight more recently. And I think also Aljamain Sterling, I'm tired of doubting this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think – it's only so many times that they're gonna have people are gonna have to learn to stop doubting Aljamain Sterling. You know what I mean? Like for the Piotr Jan fight, you know, every, he's gonna get destroyed. He's gonna do this. He's gonna do that. You know, people pick T.J. Dillashaw over him. You know, which I didn't understand that at the time either. Um, I think he's gonna go out there and beat Henry Cejudo. I think Henry Cejudo is still probably good enough to beat guys in the top ten, maybe even top five. I just don't, and I'm sure his his mind is gonna play a big role. But I don't even think, you know, like he's really good, dude. But I even question if we've, you know, if he's only fought a bantamweight twice in his entire career, for example. And those were against an aging Dom Cruz and Marlon Marais, who fell off a cliff after that fight. And you can argue that was because of the loss, or you can't. You know what I mean? But regardless, he still did. Um, I just think Aljamain has a more proven track record. He's fought more recently. If if Henry Sudo is who he was years ago, then he should win, but I don't know if he is. So I'm going to go and take Aljamain Sterling to get the win, man. As far as the the, the co-main event, we have another big one. Bilal, remember the name, Muhammad, taking on Gilbert Burns. Winner of this, supposed to get a, supposedly will get a title shot, uh, but who knows, maybe Colby Covington will fight the remains of Matt Hughes and he'll get another one. So what do you think about this co-main event, man? All I'm going to say, Josh, is that Henry Sudo is really going to come out here in GSPS, bro. He very well might, yeah. I think he will. I think he is, man. That's that's the thing. But regardless, kind of to move it forward. You know, to go, by the way, fucking Gilbert Burns, right? What a fucking dog, dude. It's about to fight. What? Is this about to be number four? Or is this number three? This will be his third fight uh, this year. Three fights in five months. You know, there's not a, that far of a world where Gilbert fights five times this year, which is kind of scary. It's scary, no, to, no. <laughs> scary to went to the welterweight division more than anything. That's scary to me. Uh, I actually get very excited if he fights five times this year. Yeah, um, I was I was gonna say, dude. I mean, <laughs> scary for everybody else. Wow, I did not think this was gonna be the vibrant to get uh, for either one of these guys. I thought Bilal was either gonna 
get fucked and fight Shockwatt. And for me, I thought, uh, I thought that was potentially a fight for Gilbert too at one point. I thought Bilal was on the table, but I wasn't sure with Ramadan and everything going on because Ramadan just ended a week ago, I think. Uh, but I guess Bilal said, fuck that. I can work through that and still train and come out and perform. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, but for me, man, I, I was ready for a fucking Kamaru Usman, Bilal Muhammad, or Gilbert Burns matchup, but I guess the UFC did not want, was not looking in that direction. Regardless, we are here now. Uh, look, I think Gilbert's improved a lot over the years. Uh, his takedowns have gotten better. His striking has developed. His power at 170 is great. His submissions from the back and the top are good. Uh, not necessarily when he's... At least what we've seen in MMA, obviously in uh, submission grappling, different story, Gear and Ogi. But uh, he has a nasty arm bar, nasty uh, rear naked. Uh, Bill has obviously shown his good, his wrestling that has definitely helped him. But I'm, I'm curious to see if that's going to play against him. You know, is Gilbert going to be able to make these transitions on the ground to put uh, Bill in these compromised situations? Or does the fight even get to the ground and is this more of a stand-up fight with some takedown attempts that don't necessarily go anywhere, and if they do, they're kind of insignificant. Um, and if they do, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of leaning... I'm, I've been leaning Gilbert Burns the whole week, man. I just think Gilbert has that, that edge over Bilal. I, I just just think uh, that, that Jiu-Jitsu is going to be dangerous on the ground at any point in time, and obviously that power that he has that we've seen at 170 could put uh, Bilal in trouble at any point. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I think uh, I'm on the same page. I think I was surprised that Bilal took this fight. I think coming off of Ramadan and everything, um, I was really surprised. And obviously for Gilbert, I was not surprised that he took it because he's a fucking dog. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he'll, he's the only guy in that division that'll fight, apparently. Um, I mean, look, man, I think that uh, Gilbert, I think that he's coming off a fight a month ago. I think he's a more in-shape guy. I also think stylistically, I don't think Bilal's going to have a very easy time. I think Gilbert's better on the feet. I think that if he tries to take him to the mat, it's not going to go well for him. I'm just going to take Gilbert Burns. I think straight up. And, and I've been very impressed with Bilal Muhammad's rise to the top. I don't think – I think some people are just so – I don't know. Like they, they look at it like it's WWE sometimes. You know what I mean? And that, I hate that. I hate that. Because below Muhammad, some people are like, oh, he's boring, and yada, 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 discounting the fact that he knocked the fuck out of Sean Brady last fight, but whatever, and beat Vincent DeLuca in a banger. But regardless, you know, like, he's improved. And I never thought in a million years, all, all cards on the table, I never thought below Muhammad would be as good as he is. And it sucks that this would be where his run ends, but that's what I think is going to happen, you know? Um, But... I do think that, uh, you know, he's had a hell of a run so far and maybe he can scratch his way back to the top, but I think, you know, th- there's a reason why it's not <laughs> Colby Covington and below the moment situation, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's, uh, they just don't take him very highly as a draw or they just don't find him interesting. You see, I mean, um, and to be, I mean, to be fair, some, a lot of fans don't like the guy either for some reason, so. Yeah, it sucks that his run's probably going to end here, but I'm going to go ahead and take Gilbert Burns. I mean, I, I mean, Ball could pull off the upset. I wouldn't be surprised if he won, but I, uh, I just don't think it's going to work out for him. Next up on the main card, dude, women's strawweights. Jessica Andrade is, uh, is a badass. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about Gilbert Burns three fights in, in five months. Same thing for her too, dude. She already beat, uh, Lauren Murphy and lost to Aaron Blanchard earlier this year. She's taking on Yan Xiaonan, 
winner of this needs to get a title shot. I think it is fucking crazy to me that there's not more people talking about the fact that Zhang Weili has not fought, you know, in, in a while. I mean, it was she fought in November, which is not that long ago. But it feels but, like you know, a while ago. I was trying to be I was trying to, it's it's been six months. I was trying to be nice, you know, but it's been six months, there's no fight on the horizon. Winner of this has to get a title shot, right? I mean, yeah, I I believe so, but man, bro, Marina Rodriguez just had to lose to Amanda Limos, bro. <laughs> no hate, but she she was the one. I thought she was going to be one to come next in line. I thought she was going to get her title shot. Obviously, she's on the undercard on the prelims, but uh, we'll get to her later. Kind of jump back into the 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 third uh, fight from the top. Uh, man, Josh, I've been saying it for a while, man. I want this China super fight. Yan Shanan. Weili Zhang, big arena. I don't know how many people they're going to have there, but I don't have big numbers. Song Yadong on the co-main event against a big fighter uh, or some big name. Look, I think there's a path to victory for Yan Shanan. I think Jessica Andrade has been very active lately, and I think that could obviously play against her. I think it kind of did in her last fight. Cause she and that, was, and that was a pretty decently short-notice fight for her. Cause she was she, uh, she had just fought in Brazil in... Uh, and what was it like? Not even a month, a month and a half later, she fought uh, Aaron and uh, yeah, and she fucking was swinging for the fences, man. Because she's like, "Fuck, man, I don't know how much it got in me, but I need to get this chick out of here." Uh, once again, it hasn't been that long. Obviously, there's been a obviously a sizable break since the last two, but I, you know, there, there's been a lot of uh, and we kind of mentioned this a while ago. Do you do you remember, Josh? This might have been a conversation that not it might have even been last year, but it might have been the year before that where we're like. She has a lot of fights in her belt, and she's taken. You know, there might be some damage worn on her. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's thirty-four professional fights. That's a lot for any fighter, let alone a female fighter. Because there's not many female fighters that are especially coming into UFC. I mean, shit, we just saw a gal last week fight with a what was it, a four-one record. You know, coming into the UFC. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we got Jessica Andrade here, who's fought thirty-four times in her lifetime as an MMA fighter. Let alone, like, I think most of those were in the UFC at that. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I do think that you can make the case of Jessica Andrade. I, um, I think that, I think you make the case that the damage is starting to get to her, but I don't know if you made that case yet. I think we need some more. I mean, I, I admittedly thought that might have been the case after she lost to Zhang Weili. I remember thinking that at the time. Uh, and since then, I mean, she got TKO'd by Valentina, but she hasn't even really been rocked outside of that. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's going to be one of those things that's going to be, we're going to see. But I don't think even if she has taken a lot of damage, I don't think Yan Zhaonan is going to be the one to show it. I mean, if you look at her UFC career, not a single finish on there. All of her finishes came from outside the UFC. You know, including a TKO win over an unknown fighter, according to her Wikipedia page back in 2008. So that's literally what it says. It just says unknown fighter as I'm looking right now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Yan Jianan, just at the top level, she does not have the ability to seemingly get a finish. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Jessica Andrade here. You know, and I it's, I honestly, I prefer if Yan Jianan won, to be completely frank with you. I think she should have gotten a title shot back in 2021, and she didn't. And, you know, you mentioned Maria Rodriguez losing. The fact that Zhang Wei Li doesn't have an opponent right now is entirely the UFC's fault. I mean, they're, they're, she's had that division has had multiple contenders rise up, and and I, I think just because that's the only division with high profile women in it right now, or with the most high profile women, in it, I mean, 
that just like, for example, Marina Rodriguez, who clearly earned a title shot, didn't get it. Instead, they gave it to, I don't even remember, I don't remember who, the, Zhang Wei Li, I'm pretty sure. They gave it to Zhang Wei Li, and then they also gave it to, like, Rose over her. So, um, and then same thing for Yan Jonan. So I, and then here, same thing. You know what, you know what they were, they're hoping for with this fight. And I think they're going to get it. I think Jessica Andrade is going to win. I think they're going to give her a title shot next, uh, for a potential rematch with Zhang Wei Li. But we'll see what happens. Um, next up on the card, man. Uh, Mosfar Ilowev. 16 and 0. Savage, undefeated in general, undefeated in the UFC, picked up some big wins over names such as Dan Ike, Hakeem Dawadu, and more, taking on Bryce Mitchell, just a couple of months removed from the first loss of his, first loss of his career in December when he lost to Elias Aporia by submission. He's now back, man. Um, he's originally supposed to face Jonathan Pierce, but instead uh, it'll be Ilouev who replaced him. So what do you think, man? What do you think about this fight? I think it's very interesting that Bryce, Mus- Bryce Mitchell is returning so soon, and I'm surprised that this is a matchup he's accepting. I mean, for I mean, it's a a, a very big uh, difference in opponents. I'd say different styles of that. I don't think Mozart and Jonathan Pierce are anything alike. Uh, obviously, they both have uh, capabilities on the ground, but I think they're completely different. Um, I'm curious to see how Mozart is doing, uh, how he looks on uh, taking the short notice. I mean, obviously, do we know how short notice it was by any chance? I, I, um, I can find out right now. It was, it was decently, I mean, he couldn't, I mean, he didn't have like a full camp. Let's put it like that. Uh, regardless though, he stepped to the fight on, uh, April 15th. Oh, wow. So yeah. not much. Wow. Yeah. No, that was like what? Three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah, not, not that. Not that long ago, but uh, for the moment, I mean, I think the former M1 Global Champion is going to be able to do it, man. I mean, this guy. By the way, do you know how many Instagram followers Mozar Ilib has? Just, just take a guess. Just is it more than I think? I mean, just I mean, I'm bringing it up. So I mean, I mean I'll probably, guess a hundred thousand. He has one million, or like four million, something crazy like that. Damn. All right. But he has like a lot of like viral Instagram clips that you've seen and I've sent to you before in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh. Regardless, I mean, we haven't seen any, we haven't seen him, uh, get any finishes in the UFC, sadly. We've seen a lot of, I mean, there's plenty of highlights out there. You guys can go on YouTube or Instagram look at of him, uh, when he was in his time at M1 Global. Uh, Bryce Mitchell making the, was down in California training at 10th Planet for, for a bit. I remember we saw some videos of that, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, Mozart formerly trained at Tiger Muay Thai for a while, now at ATT. Look. I'm picking the Russian man. I, I hate to be that guy, but I, I just think he's gonna have uh, better striking than Bryce. Uh, I, I don't think there's that big of a difference in, in striking, though. I think uh, I will say I do think Bryce's success from striking has come from the fact that he does have that takedown threat. So it's given him the opportunity to have uh, openings on the feet. Uh, on the gr- I mean, I, I'm curious to see how how they cancel out when it comes to wrestling. You know, we'll. One guy be able to, you know, put the other guy into his own will and not give him any opportunity. I think uh, Mozart in his last two fights has like 18 takedowns. He had like 16 attempts against uh, his last opponent. So I don't know. You know, what's going to happen there against Bryce? You know, we've seen what Bryce can do on the ground and hold down guys and obviously find success there. But I don't know if he's going to be able to hold down Mozart. Um, Mm -hmm. And vice versa, I don't know if Mozart will be able to hold down Bryce. So I give the slight edge to Mozart. I think he just has a slightly better striking, and if he's able to stop any of Bryce's takedowns, I think it'll be 
a pretty good pretty good night in the office. I don't know if he'll be able to recreate what Elite Taporia did, but if he does, holy shit, that's definitely to be um a breakdown for Bryce Mitchell during the fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of you know, I'm I'll, I'll be straight up. I think if this were normal notice, I'd I'd pick Mosar absolutely, you know, going away, you know. Uh, but it's not. It's short notice. I'm still going to go ahead and take him to get the win. I think he has the edge in the striking. I also don't think Bryce Mitchell. I think the fact that he's taken this fight so soon after getting, because he got clobbered against Elite Saporia. People forget he beat him so badly he wanted to retire. You know, I understand that was an emotional thing he said in the moment, but still, like that was something that happened. Like he got brutalized, man. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go take Molestar, man. I think the fact that he's turning him around. And also, we had some weird shit. Do you remember seeing the video on, like, Twitter of, like, Bryce Mitchell, like, walking around California with, like, a fucking shopping cart full of shit just in the rain? I, I told you, bro, he was at Tenth Planet with our, our boy, Eddie Bravo. I know, I'm just saying, like, you know, like, that that was a little bit... We never got an update on that either. It's just like, what the fuck is he doing, you know? He you know, had, he you're had, he had not loss, wrong. You know? That was a little bit, that's a little bit concerning to have, to see that video after the guy just got knocked, not, he didn't get knocked out, but he got beat the shit out of, and, you know, talk about retirement, and to see, see that video was like a little bit concerning, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I want to see, what is going to be the regain? I think that's the big thing. Like, how is he going to regain? Yeah. yeah. How does he bounce back? How does he look? And look, he can lose and still look good. I know that sounds fucking terrible to say, right? Fucking, there is no world victory, whatever, right? But you gotta put it in comparison to how, his last fight looked. I mean, we we went from like him dropping Edson Barbosa, you know, and and having this big kind of moment, and uh, being like, oh shit, Bryce Mitchell might be the fucking truth, guys, to fucking Alien Taporia just coming in and wrecking house, you know. The high and the lows are insane. So what is you know what is the regain? What is recovery? You know, how does he look in there? Is he hesitant? You know, I think those are a lot of questions. And they didn't do him any favors as far as matchmaking, Josh. They were going to give. I thought Jonathan Pierce would have been a and not not to disrespect Jonathan Pierce. I think Jonathan Pierce is a very good guy who has a lot of potential as a lot of come up, but made sense as a step back in competition. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is Jonathan Pierce who, to a certain extent, is still unproven when it comes to the, high, the higher echelon of the UFC at this time, mm-hmm. where Movistar is. A ranked guy beat ranked guys and is undefeated. And a Russian. And that's the worst part. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what? A, there's not much else to say outside of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, so uh, I'm on the same page there. So I'm going to go and take Mossfire. Illibov laid it out there really well. So, I mean, you know, opening up the main card, we got, a, like, a banger. Like, kind of interesting placement here, but, like, kind of down with it, honestly. You know, we got Crone Gracie. This is going to be Crone Gracie's first fight since October 2019 when he lost to Cub Swanson. He's going to be taking on Charles Jordan. Air Jordan, one of the most entertaining guys in the UFC, riding a two-fight losing streak, kind of needs this one. What do you think about this matchup? Man, I did not expect to see this on the main card. You know, uh, mm-hmm. It threw me off. And the fact that uh, I didn't even know Crone was coming back. And, like, I just remembered that I was looking through the cards and I was like, oh shit, Crone's fighting? Fuck me, dude. It's been forever, but welcome back, I guess, on the main event against Charles Jordan. Um to dive into the fight a little bit. I think and, it, and I heard someone say this, man, and I th- I agree. It's I think the main objective of the fight is can Charles Jordan have good fight IQ for fifteen minutes? <laughs> you know? Is that yeah. possible? Is that possible? Because look, 
you know, you know what you got to do, Josh, right? Yeah. You, know, you got to not go to the ground, not enter this man's guard. You got to dart in and out, you know, light on the feet. Yeah, you know, just just do what you got to do. But is Charles Jordan going to do that? I don't know. Crowen's been gone a while. I'm curious to see how, you know, once again, just like Henry, man, they've been both out of action for, what is it? Crowen's been out longer, though, right? Four years? It's been 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, so another question mark there. It's kind of crazy. We start the card with a guy who's been gone for years, and we end the card with a guy who's been gone for three years. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, and uh, I'm curious to see what Crowen has improved since then. Like, what what improvements have has he done? Is he going to have kind of like a T-City kind of like, okay, we kind of got a little revamp here, you know what I mean? Uh, has Crowen developed his striking more? Because uh, obviously that definitely had a lot of flaws. It was – it did a lot of uh, – a lot of it needed to be work on. He had no uh, no diversity necessarily in takedowns. A lot of his takedowns came from just dropping weight on people, you know, and also uh, essentially pulling guard. Uh, you know, has he developed some sort of wrestling since then that he'll be able to use in this fight? And if he's done that, I think this fight is going to give us is going to have a completely different look than what we expect. If, if there's been improvements. But if this is the same Crow Gracie that we saw four years ago, and Charles Jordan is able to put in place the you know the right stuff that he needs to do and fight intelligently and avoid Crow Gracie's submissions or entering his guard or being on the or had, having the fight go to the ground at any point, then I think we're going to see a Charles Jordan win, and I'm going to go Charles Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're kind of relying on Charles Jordan to be perfect for 15 minutes. I don't think you can do that. I, I don't. I don't think he can, but I, I'm gonna. Th- I think he will be for this one fight. Mm. Fair enough, man. Fair enough, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Jordan picked up the win here. I'm just gonna go and take Chrome Gracie, man. I just think he he doesn't have to be perfect, you know. He he'll let rounds slip. Now, granted, we're talking about Charles Jordan making a mistake. Chrome Gracie fought 15 minutes with Cubs once and didn't shoot a takedown. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm rel- I'm. I'm I'm doing a big – I'm going out on a limb here, hoping that Cone Gracie himself will actually try to go to the ground. So, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm actually going to take Charles Jordan. <laughs> not even joking. I, I, not even joking. So, yeah, I'll, I'll change it. Why not? Um, just because, I mean, Cone Gracie, man, I mean, he has it. He has it. I truly believe it. But it's just – we're talking about Charles Jordan making intelligent decisions. You know, Crone Gracie thinks the Earth is flat, so I don't know what like. <laughs> Are you telling me the Earth isn't flat, Josh? Yes. I think you're wrong there. Well, it's not an opinion. <laughs> well, I know it's, that. it's science. Like, it's no, just, I don't. I have those. What facts. are you gonna do? Fucking fall off? Like, what, what do you mean, <laughs> dude? You just come out the other side. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Uh, anyways, man, undercard. What do you think? You know, we got a couple of big names on here. A couple of bangers. Which ones are you most looking forward to? I mean, to be honest, the whole like not the not that this was the prelims, but the the regular prelims are pretty sad, man. Uh, kind of going one down, going into the what do you call it, the curtain jerker, as you said, Josh, before in the yeah. past. Drew Duber, Matt Frivola, kind of gonna be leading us into the main uh, card. That's a fucking banger there. Uh, by the way, ranked. Implications if Matt Frivola wins this, right? Because I believe Drew Dober is ranked what, like fourteen right now. I could be incorrect on that. Um, I think he's ranked somewhere around there. 
I'm checking just to confirm. Drew Dober is number 14. So All right, there you go. Big time fight for Matt Frivola, getting a huge opportunity here. Uh, yeah, no, I'm a fan of that. Guys that I've mentioned on the podcast in the past repeatedly, Devin Clark, Kennedy Njiwuku, big time fight for Kennedy. Like I said, my thing for me, uh, and, and it's something I've mentioned repeatedly on the podcast about him is he's learning on the job. Uh, he's still getting better fight to fight. He came into the UFC with a, uh, a smaller record. He was like five and zero or four and zero or something like that at the time. And, and is pretty much since then started developing and becoming a better fighter while in the UFC. Uh, I love this guy's story. Uh, I like his fight style. He's very tough, uh, very durable. And he's taking on a guy who's also very tough and very durable in Devin Clark. Uh, so I think we're due for a potential maybe fight of the night there at 205. I mean, who knows? Uh, and then Chaos Williams, man. I mean, man, how long has it been since we had a Chaos Williams fight, man, Josh? I just thought about that. It feels like it's been a minute. Uh, a year. It's been a year. It's been a year. So there you oh, go. Holy shit. Well, I need it in my life. So good thing we're getting it now. Yeah, right? I mean, you shout out. We're, we are the Devin Clark fan club, so I'm glad you went in and shouted out our boy, man. Uh, Brown Bear. <laughs> Coming off a win over to Unjung. Yeah, I mean, that could be a fun fight, man. Kennedy and Jukubuku. Uh, who did he like? He's coming off two. Yeah, he knocked out Ian Kudilaba and he knocked out Carl Robertson. He's coming in here with some heat, man. So our boy Devin. Yeah, he has a tough task ahead of him. You know who? You know what, Angel? Go ahead. I interrupted you, but why don't you give me, since we're talking about fights, why don't you give me your fighter to watch for this week? My fighter to walk this week is someone that you guys probably won't expect or probably don't even know the name of him. And if you do, you only know him for one reason. Yeah. And that is Ikram Alisikarov. <laughs> oh, now is that your your shot? Yeah, fuck you, you man. Do you want to give the story? Since I, since I, uh, you can give the story. You can give the story, man. So this is a former Hamza Shemaev opponent. He lost in the, in the first round uppercut back in Brave, F, Brave CF 23 in 2019. I believe that was his fight right before he made his UFC debut. Since then, this young man has been able to win, what is that, one, two, three, four, five fights straight, one on the Contender Series, and has made his way into the UFC and will be making his debut on a pay-per-view. So maybe looking to get back one up on uh, on the Wolf. Potentially, man. And if you guys go, have you even seen that fight, him and uh, Hamza? I saw it. Uh, I saw it as soon as I found out he was uh, – Gonna be in, I, well. It's funny. It's not long. It's only like two minutes. But I saw it when Hamza got into UFC, and I saw it probably like a week or two ago. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Ikram is the real fucking deal. I mean, if you look at his combats like Sambo resume, and you see get some of his accomplishments that of like you know sort like accomplishments outside of MMA, you know, this guy's a bad motherfucker, man. Um, and he's fighting up a middleweight too, so. We're probably going to see him and Hamza Shemaev cross paths again. And that's going to be really fucking cool. But, you know, you took my guy. So I had to improvise. I did have a backup because I figured you're probably going to take it anyway. Rafael Esteban, 11-0, 26 years young out of Macapá, Brazil. And, uh, yeah, man. I mean, obviously he got him here by winning a contender series fight back in September 2022 by defeating uh, J.O. Uh, Elias. Sorry, these are Portuguese names. Uh, by ground and pound, knockout. I mean, Grant, you look at his resume, man, obviously it's kind of hard to tell with some of these guys who are making their debut. You don't really know, and you look at their resume, and it kind of looks all right, but that's always regional MMA. You don't know who a lot of these guys are. 
he's an interesting guy. I've looked up a couple of highlights of him. If you look at his, well, the majority of his wins come by the way of finish. I'm intrigued to see what he does here in his UFC debut against Zagas Zagulov. 14 and 8. Obviously, we know the story here. Multiple time UFC veteran. 1 in 5, too. So, it kind of shows you what they think of Rafael, too. That they're giving him a guy that's on, on the way out to presumably get a big win over. So, we'll see what happens there, man. Um, but regardless, this card should be a banger, dude. I mean, I think that main card is pretty... This card's top-heavy. I mean, this card's very top-heavy. I think the main card's excellent. I think you kind of get down to the prelims and... You know, it's eh, but there are still some interesting names, you know. And quick shout out, Verna Jane Jaroba, uh, my girl, obviously 18 and 3, former Invicta champion. You know, I gotta always shout her out because she was at one of the first events I ever covered, Invicta 31. Her title defense against, uh, Ver, uh, no, excuse me, her title defense against Janiza Morandon in the main event, picking up the win. Years later, now she's in the UFC and she's ranked number nine, trying to still get that title shot. Ting on Marina Rodriguez. We'll see how that one goes. Should be a fun fight regardless, though. So, yeah, man. And the closing thoughts in UFC 288 before we go ahead and move on. I mean, one, I want to highlight one other guy that I mentioned to you a week ago. Braxton Smith. This guy fought in MMA back in 2014. Made his professional debut against Shea Sherman. By the way, I've tried to find this fight. I can't find it. It just says loss. This happened at V3 Fights way back in the day. And I'm not sure, I haven't done a crazy amount of research looking into this, but he decided to come back into fighting last year in 2022. Took four fights, knocked everybody out in the first round, and now he's making his UC debut against Parker Porter. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much success he'll find. I mean, it's heavyweight, man. We're, anybody we can get, we'll take. So, And especially, I mean, shit, he, he, he knocked out four guys in a row in the first round. So that's impressive as is. Uh, he's a smaller heavyweight. He's five eleven, which, like Josh says, that's not a real height. So he's probably five ten, maybe even five nine. But uh, yeah. And I also, you know, Chase Sherman is in the UFC. I mean, could they run that back after all these years? This back <laughs> in twenty fourteen. It's it's been quite a while. Yeah, man. That's uh, that is interesting. I didn't think about that. I didn't even know that, that was so. That's that was nine years ago, Josh. That's Imagine, a pretty interesting lore, dude. What if he, what if he is plotting this? He's like, 10 years, I'm going to get that one back. <laughs> <laughs> He's been sitting just in a dark room, you know? <laughs> Meditating. Yeah, right? Um, but anyways, man, yeah. I mean, we got another card to go over this week. And you said in the green room that this is actually arguably better than the UC's card. And I think you might be right because this coming Friday – on Amazon Prime, we got one fight night 10. Ladies and gentlemen, the trilogy between flyweight champion Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson taking on Adriano Moraes. DJ has said this might be his final fight. Granted, not confirmed yet, but it might be. And ahead of potentially the final fight of arguably the GOAT. What do you think, man? I mean, these two fought these two have fought twice before. Moraes upset him in the first time. DJ returned with a flying knee knockout in the second last year. What do you think about the trilogy? Look. Uh, for one, I mean, it, they all three fights have been great, you know, uh, all been very competitive. And if it is the end of DJ's career, I mean, what a way would it be to end it on in a trilogy fight against a guy that you've had a banger of a fight was the last guy to beat you in, in recent time. Uh, are, are we doing are we doing a pick for this one, Josh? Just because it's uh, I mean, we can if we want. I mean, Josh, you know, I got to pick my goat, Josh Demetrius Johnson. Insert the clip. That's why he's the GOAT! That's the why GOAT! He's the GOAT! 
No, man. I mean, same page. Yeah. I mean, I think he's uh he's gonna go out there and pull off the win. You know. Um, I think I think Demetrius Mangashnatson is your greatest fighter of all time. I've been very upfront about that. It's either him or Fedor Milianenko. I've always been consistent in that opinion. I still believe that. I think DJ is most well-rounded guy, I think. You know, people always, like, if you scaled up all fighters, yada, 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 they're the same height and weight. I don't think anybody beats Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Uh, I think technically he's the greatest fighter we've ever seen. His speed is unlike no other. I think he's going to go out here and pick up the win. Um, I think Adriano Marais could pull out the upset, though. He's still very, very good. Um, but I'm going to go and take DJ here to get the win. And, you know, dude, you mentioned, like I said, cards are better than the UC 288. Well, if you take a look at the undercard... That might sound crazy on paper, but then you look at some of these names, dude. I mean, you got Rod Tang in the co-main, Mikey uh, Musa Mechi showing up here for submission grappling. You got Stan Fairtex, Sage Northcutt. Sage Northcutt has been out of action for over four years, or almost. Another, four. another guy, dude. He's been gone forever, and you're also coming back this weekend. I know. What the hell is going on, dude? I mean, we got Cejudo, who's been out forever, coming back. You know, Sage Northcutt, four years, got knocked out by Cosmo Alexander and. May 2019, and he broke pretty much everything in his face. Um, but now he's back, dude. I mean, give me your, what fights are you most looking forward to on one fight night 10? For one, I'm waiting for Rupert Soldier's official debut. Obviously, he made his debut. He got the – it was very – it sucked, man. It was a groin strike at the end of the fight. By the way, there was, like, some crazy story about that, like how he went to fucking uh, his home country uh, to go sign him. And fucking, like, they went to, like, Mirko Krokov's house, and they were fucking, they are eating and shit, and it was, like, a whole thing. Fucking, and I, I don't know where Joshua talked about it. I, I heard about it on a podcast. I need to find it, but that shit sounds sick as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably my other kind of look for, I mean, fuck, man, there's so many. I mean, I could highlight all of them. Uh, probably uh, Deritter versus Tyrotella. Uh, if you guys follow Jiu-Jitsu at all, kind of have any sort of interest in the kind of, I guess, pro grappling world. You guys are probably aware about the Rotello brothers. I mean, these kids are a special talent. Um, and uh, Ty is obviously uh, this is his second fight, or I guess second bout in, uh, in one. And uh, I'm very excited because they're giving him a guy who in Deritter who's bigger and is obviously taking these kind of cool, cool uh, one-off, uh, grappling matches within one. Uh, been a little while since, you know, we saw him last December. Obviously, he went up to heavyweight things that didn't work out. He was trying to capture three titles. It is what it is, but I, I think it's kind of cool that he's going back straight into a fight, but kind of doing a, a submission thing against a, a very young, talented kid who's obviously proven himself through ADCC and just, uh, the grappling community as a whole. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. And I think that's one of the cool things about one championship. And we kind of talk, we kind of talked about this in the green room, but, the fact that Chatri and this organization is letting opportunities. Because, for example, I wouldn't know Mike Musumeci normally. I would not know him. Like, I, I follow grappling a little bit, but admittedly, I'm way I'm way more educated on just about every other martial art. Like, I know more about boxing, MMA, you know what I mean, kickboxing, fucking any other sport. And, and that kind of whole combat sports sphere. I know more about it than jiu-jitsu. But now I know how good Mike Musumeci is, thanks to one championship. And... And guys like Rod Tank, too. You know, Muay Thai is obviously in there. Um, and you shouted out Rene DeRitter. He's going to be on the YouTube prelims, man. So if you don't, I mean, it's literally free. Go watch that dude. He is legit. He's one of the greatest fighters on the planet right now. Granted, it's grappling. He's not going to be fighting. 
and he's coming off the first loss of his, <clears throat> the first loss of his career in December. But uh, Renee DeRue is still the real deal, so that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, man, I think that's. I mean, any any closing thoughts on this card? I know we were not spending much time on this because, admittedly, I'm more excited about the main event than anything else. But you know, closing thoughts on this card. Um, nothing else, man. I think we highlighted it kind of perfectly. Mentioned everything we're excited about, and I think uh, the big things are going to be coming back next week and talking about all the crazy results that probably are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. But Angel, we still got more stuff to talk about, man. We still got some news to hit, news to cover. Because, you know, we we haven't really talked about this, but just about every UFC-adjacent podcast talks about this. Francis Ngannou, Angel, he fumbled the bag, Angel. Angel, he fumbled the bag. We don't know anything about what he's doing, but he fumbled the bag, dude. <laughs> Nobody wants to work with him. Apparently, he's just so he's so afraid of John Jones, and he just so has such a big ego that nobody wants to work with him. Well, that's not really the case. So, what, uh, one championship we just talked about, Shotshu came out um, yesterday and said we did not even bother submitting our final offer to Francis Ngannou. They said it wasn't financial, but they said that they didn't even see a point. So this is somebody that Eero Hawani later talked about this. I personally have some people who have talked about this and can personally attest to the fact that Francis Ngannou said the PFL. You know, um, he's he's going to be head to PFL. For, in my opinion, it's always, always going to be PFL or Bellator, man. Both of those organizations have contracts and they have ties to boxing companies, and that's part of what he wants to do. Um but now we pretty much know the destination. You know, BKFC said that that wasn't going to happen. One championship said it wasn't going to happen. Now it's just PFL and Francis Ngannou. Is this the right place? What do you think about him heading uh, on over there? I mean, fuck, man. I mean, it's not what we want, but if that's what Francis wants, then I'm okay with it. I'll support it. That's that's pretty much the whole of it, man. I mean, if uh, look, I, if boxing wasn't going to happen in the UFC. We're just gonna have to leave and go somewhere else. Uh, PFL isn't necessarily the place I I would want him to go necessarily. I would have loved for him to see UFC and be able to do everything he wanted to do while in the UFC because there's a lot of fights there that that uh, that I wanted to see. So uh, mainly, obviously, like everybody wanted to see the John one. Uh, that was a big one, but well, I mean, we'll probably never get that now. So mm-hmm. uh, at least if I could see Francis go into boxing and do that, it'd be cool. And maybe mm. make something, make a miracle happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm, look, I see all these people, I see them, they're saying that France and Gone fumbled the bag. And admittedly, did he? I don't know. But I think that's kind of not his point, you know? I feel like if you ever listened to anything the guy said that was kind of not his point, you know? Um, he, he, Francis Ngannou has always been very upfront about the fact that the, one of the reasons he left the UFC is a lack of respect. Um, and they offered him a lot of money. And obviously money is a part of it. It's, it's the fight business. But, you know, Francis Ngannou decided I would rather have the possibility of losing and not getting as much money, uh, and doing things that I want to do and not having to deal with Dana White. Like people forget that the UFC tried to sue Ngannou. Like they sent him law. They, they told him they were going to sue him on the day he fought Cyril Gaunt. Do you, do you remember how, Angel, do you remember whenever uh, he knocked out Overeem back in 2018 and then they gave him a title shot a month later? They didn't give him any time. They gave him a title shot a month later and then he lost it and they immediately started shitting on him. You know what I mean? 
Why would Francis Ngannou want to be in the UFC? I understand it's the money aspect, but he's going to get paid regardless. Like, I understand some people are just delusional and they don't think that Ngannou's a draw. And it's like, yeah, like, there's a reason why every other organization's already talked to the guy. It's just he's heading to PFL. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and you meant, and obviously the John Jones fight falling through. Everybody wants to see that fight. I get it. It really sucks, like, that it's not happening. But, I mean, I just feel like some people can't seem to wrap, like, their head around the fact that he just didn't want to sign up for UFC. You know what I mean? It's not fumbling the bag. It's some people just have morals, and they have certain things that motivate them more than money. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's one of the reasons he left in, in the first place. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, any closing thoughts? I mean, I don't – I think we got to put it pretty well, but – no, I mean, I, th- I think we talked about everything, kind of covered all, yeah. everything as best as we could. We're just waiting for, apparently, supposedly, officially, it'll come out where he's signing potentially soon. Mm-hmm. But um, nothing's official yet. But as soon as it does, we'll we'll let you guys know and kind of let, your thought, let you guys know our thoughts on that. But like Josh is kind of alluding to, and obviously not alluding to, but stating, that it's looking like PFL. And obviously, uh, I just sent you on Twitter while we were doing the podcast when we started it. That tweet came out that... Uh, Chaudhry is no longer trying to pursue uh, Francis, so. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I some people are like, you know, Ngannou was afraid, and, and I, don't, I don't even know what to. If you, I mean, there's some people who are like, you know, Ngannou's just afraid of the UFC, and Dana said that, and I don't know what to tell you. If, you, if, there, if there are still people believing what Dana White says about fighters leaving the UFC, I can't help you. You know, like every you can just Google Dana White afraid fighter. You know what I mean? And it's just <laughs> always they're always afraid, according to this fucking boxer size coach. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, and Ghanu, the guy that was so fucking poor that he measured time by how long his shoes until they would fall apart in Cameroon. That fucking guy. Yeah, he's afraid to get in the, the guy who traveled 3000 miles across five different countries. He had to fucking make a homemade raft. <laughs> <laughs> Without knowing how to swim, he would he lived in a fucking parking lot stairwell in Paris, and now he went from that to being the batsman on the plane. You're telling me he's fucking afraid? You know what I mean? Like, come on, like let's let's be realistic. The guy just didn't want to be there, and uh, now he's in a place where he wants to be, and that's the best outcome for all parties. But let's is I, I don't know if you've been seeing all the all the people talk about you know Francis, but I don't know. It just it just, it just pisses me off. Just like everybody talks about fighters wanting to make a stand, and then one of them finally does, and everybody turns on him, you know. But that's the way MMA goes. Um, speaking of fights, speaking of MMA, Kamar Usman hasn't been that long since he lost to Leon Edwards. Apparently, he said he's already back training, he's already in, you know, and uh, he wants Hamzat Shamayev next. Dude, is that the fight to make? Obviously, we've heard Hamzat fighting in 185, we've heard about him fighting in 170, we've heard about him not fighting at all. Um, you know, last time we fought was September, it's May, no book fight. Is this the right one to make? Josh, you know I'm always DTF. <laughs> Down to fight. Of course I want this fight to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's that's about how I feel about it too, you know? Um I mean honestly, I, I think it's a bit I talked about this with you yesterday, or not yesterday, but Sunday, but um I think it's weird about how quickly Hamzad's kind of momentum just fell off. Like, it fell off a cliff. And honestly, I'm sure it'll probably pick up by his next fight. But, man, he uh, he was everywhere for a minute there. You know, it felt like he was, like, going to be the next star, like a mega star, And then just, you know, 
he's uh missed the weight against Diaz, and then he's been out since September. No booked fight. Still don't know what weight class, so on and so forth. We will see what happens, though, man. Um, last bit of news. I've been, dude, the only reason I want to talk about this is just because, like, for one, great clip content. For two, <laughs> it's just, just, just I, I do want you to know on that Hamzat thing, like, he still yeah. has attention, though. Like, I just went on his Instagram. No, no, of course not. His yeah, last he, post got, like, 37,000 likes. Oh, that's not at all what, I'm not saying he's The one before that got 88,000. Like, I, I might have slowed down, but I don't think he needs to be talked about. Like, he already has his attention. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. It's, and it's I, already, and... it's already there. I don't, I, I think we, maybe the way you're referring to it is, or maybe I'm thinking about it wrong, but the way I feel like you're talking about it, it's like the fact that like, it's still not grow, like it's still gr- not like growing anymore. Like it's still, cause it felt like it was just going up and up and up and up and up. And we didn't know if it were ever going to come down. My point, my point is more that I felt like Hamza Chemaev could have had a Conor McGregor type run. I really do feel like that. I think the way that he was being so active, because I was getting, I, I think I said it on the show back then. Like, I was getting shades of early McGregor, not in terms of fight style or the way they speak or anything like that, but, like, getting in there, getting big wins in such quick succession that, like, he was just moving up the ladder so quick and getting so much star power so quick to where it was like, holy shit. And then it's just, I mean, I, I'm not saying that he's not a star. He obviously still is. It's just it's, he could have been more. You know what I mean? And he still might be, but. I mean, no, I mean, there's definitely factors into it. I think, you know, obviously he affected some of it with the weight miss, but. Hey man, if that's if he peaked at at this really kind of look forward to fighter, and and maybe not this super mega guy like Connor that was like this would be like super crazy generational talent, not just within fighting but outside of fighting, then I don't know. But I think uh, I feel like those, he's he's one of those guys that if you follow the UFC at all, you probably know his name. You know, mm-hmm. you will most definitely know his name. You know, you could be a super casual fan and you know who he is. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a star. That's not at all what I'm saying. No, I know, I know, I know. That's not what you're trying to say. But I think, uh, I think it, it's just more like, man, he was so close to like, because I'm a sucker for that thing, man. Whenever some guy just like comes into like his own and he just becomes like a fucking star, you know what I mean? But it's, you're, it's you're, you're not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. I, you you kind of do wonder what if he kept going? What if yeah. it just and now he's kind of plateaued, and I get that, and I was always going to have it at some point. It's just, it was so quick that, like, the hype train came screeching to his uh, fucking, you know, stall, I guess. But Yeah, I mean, he's fought, I mean, fuck, man. I mean, it's been over a year now, right? So he fought last September against Kevin Holland, but that's whenever he missed weight against Diaz by eight pounds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then before that, he fought in April. So he's fought. So, I mean, it hasn't been that long, but, yeah, it's. It, it feels like he should be coming up on something soon. You're yeah, not. but September to May with no fights announced, you know? Like, yeah. it'd be one thing if he had a fight booked. I don't think I'd be saying anything. But the fact that we haven't even heard a rumor. Mm-hmm. But granted, though, I feel like to a certain extent, though, I feel like that's not his fault, though. You know what I mean? I feel like you you know how we were like, fuck, man, why can't Jones book a fight? But that was mm-hmm. Steve's fault. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that's necessarily the case here. I don't know, Josh. I mean, I don't know I, for sure, but I just I mean, think... obviously, you, you don't know for sure, but I, I want to believe that it's... Yeah. That's not the case, because, I mean, we've heard rumors of people who... I mean, fuck, we heard Paulo, and we fucking heard all the shit that's going on with Paulo, and that fight hasn't happened, you know? Well, yeah, and that's why I think it's Jemai, because we've heard Jemai linked to, like, seven different names, and none of them's happened. 
That's granted, why I think it's Granted, though, he might want to be the, he might just be one of those people that just gets mentioned in a lot of those conversations. He might. It's just, yeah. it's not even really like a thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But who knows? We don't know any of this for a fact. We'll fucking never know. All we could expect is to hopefully get a fine announcement soon because we want to see him. And, and if it is Kamar Usman, if that is true, then fuck, dude, yeah. At 170 again, potentially get that title shot after that. Like, fuck, man, maybe we could get back on that high train kind of where we left off a little bit. Maybe not exactly where it was at, but pretty close to where it was at before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, fair enough, fair enough. But I think uh, I think it's about enough time on Hamza Jamayev because Angel, last topic of the day. This thing, I'm seeing it on places where it's not even YouTube, and it's like I saw the clips of and posters of this fight have already gone viral. So I feel like we need to we need to do our part um, in talking about this fight because Angel, 800 pounds, one ring, Wings of Redemption will be taking on Boogie Two Nine Eight Eight on the undercard of KSI versus Joe Fournier. Uh, I actually don't know those names, Josh. I only know Richard Jordan and Stephen <laughs> Williams. Uh, you know Richard Jordan? Richard Jordan, a.k.a. Wings of Redemption. Yeah, yeah. Look here! Look! Listen! You know? Like, one of those types of things. Yeah. Look, Angel, appearing offline does not fucking stop it, okay? Why'd you stream that shit? You know? Um, you just gotta get them all out there. All the great Wings quotes, yeah. I mean, if I can... This is, this is arguably the funniest... Uh, are we on agreement that this is the funniest YouTube boxing match so far? Probably. I mean, it's the biggest. You know, it's funny. It's a big not, not trying to make a, not trying to make a pun here, but the biggest freak show fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is Ake Bono level territory, you know, <laughs> to make an MMA comparison, man. By the um, way, have you watched the Keem documentary at all? Just dude, I I loved the Keem documentary. Dude, I, I have it. it. I need to watch it. I'll watch it as soon as I get off, and I'll text you my dude. My it's thirty. It's only thirty minutes long, but it's you see them both working out, and you see them hitting the pads and hitting the bag. And dude, early, early thoughts. How do they look? I think well, for one, they both look like fucking morbidly obese men hitting the punching bag. But you're I think wrong. that uh, as far as like actual, I mean. If you're if you're asking me to try and break down the X's and O's of Wings Redemption versus Boogie United Eight, that is 100 percent what I'm asking, Josh. Okay, I think Wings is gonna fuck him up. I think he is. I think so. I think Boogie I like has. Boogie. I think Boogie has heart. That's. I think Boogie has heart. You know, he's got a big heart. If you know what I'm saying, but um, <laughs> I think uh, if you actually watch Wings like hit the bag, I'm like, yeah, he's like 390 pounds or 400 pounds or whatever. But it's like he actually doesn't look too bad. You know. But that's probably because he's like he's like in his thirties, you know. Yeah. Like, Boogie Two Nine Eight is like forty something. But hey, man, holy gonna... shit! It's almost a ten age. It is like a ten year age difference. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I didn't know Boogie was damn near fifty. What the fuck is this mismatch? <laughs> yeah, right, dude. I mean, in terms of entertainment, right? This is two lol cows. Oh, dude can get out. Dude, by the way, can I just say this right now? Whenever you put this in TikTok. Can you please insert that moment where Boogie's hitting the fucking Domino's pizza boxes as pads? <laughs> Holy fuck, that I, is so troubling. I saw somebody do, like, a breakdown <laughs> of the fight, and they were like, you know, strength, book, strength, wings, accuracy, wings, you know, agility, <laughs> wings. And then it's like, uh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> street cred, Boogie, and it's him with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> You know, 
that's that's what Rings has really got to watch out for, you know. Is <laughs> uh, Boogie Two Nine Eight Eight from the streets, the 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 mean streets of Fayetteville, Arkansas, you know, busting out the box, you know. I've, I've mentioned this before. You know how they they're gonna, you know, they put up their uh, tele tape, and I mentioned how Bobby Green, uh, when he fought Joe Lozon's brother, he uh, whenever they asked him what his fight style was, he put hood. Uh, I hope Boogie chooses hood. <laughs> yeah, Boogie Two Nine Eight Eight. His fight style is hood. Yeah, man. That's just... <laughs> Dude, I can't wait for you know, like whenever they do like the the tail of the tape. Sometimes they have moving graphics. If they have moving graphics, like Boogie's <laughs> about so... to look like Ben Askren when he when he did the first strike. <laughs> Yo, do you? Uh, Wing, Wing said if he wins, he's gonna do another one. So who do you want to see Wing's redemption fight if he wins? Oh fuck, dude. Who the fuck is? Who else could? You know, D- no other DSP Darkside Phil. No, dude. Who other than our boy, Epic Meal Time? No, no, Harley, that's, that's not Harley. Fair. That's Harley. not fair. You know what we gotta do? We gotta. We get, there's two. There's two ways this can go, Angel. Okay. Do you want the good ending or the bad ending of the Wings of Redemption boxing career? I, I don't care, bro. All right. Here's there's two. There's two avenues. One, he beats Boogie Tonight at eight, and then he has his long-awaited. Face off with his friend turned foe, FPS Russia. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, Russia's literally on roids. So. <laughs> well, FPS Russia was gonna fight that coward Diego Sanchez until he ducked him. Dude, that is crazy. That that was almost a possibility. I know, right? Just dude, the UFC fighter ran from him. I can't believe it. <laughs> he ducked him, dude. Crazy. Um. But yeah, but you know, it's either, it's, we're gonna get that, or we're gonna get. F, what if what if the lights go down at, at the fight, and then all of a sudden you hear you hear like the FPS Russia in, intro, and then you get the Woody's Gamer Tag intro, and they walk wings to the ring like dude, in 2009. What do you mean, dude? Why can't we do Fight Circus two on three PKA versus Wings of Redemption? Actually, you know. Fuck that. Why don't we get, uh, what's his name? The guy who did the zombie videos who beat him in a 1v1. Back you in Tom Syndicate versus Wings of Redemption? You know something? We, I want Tom Syndicate versus Wings of Redemption. He's getting it back, baby. <laughs> it's been like, what, like 15 years in the making? <laughs> we don't need no UAV this time! UAV, UAV off! Yeah. You can't run! <laughs> dude, I think they, they, fuck it, dude. We should... Fuck Misfits Boxing. They should make an entire league just for Call of Duty creators from 2009, you know? Oh, Blame man. Truth versus Hutch, you know? We got a we got white, Syndicate. White Boy 7th Street versus X-Jaws, you know? No, no, White Boy 7th Street versus the cops. I didn't forget about that, you know? Jesus. Versus the cops that arrested him, you know? Get, but an Officer Smith can catch these hands, you know, that type of beat, but... Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, we get, I think there's endless possibilities with uh, with with wings. Rid- it just means it's so fucking funny. It's so funny. In a million years, I would have never guessed that you would ever. By the way, like this, this, these are the moments where you have to appreciate influencer boxing, right, Josh? Like, how can you not? I understand some people are like, "What if they die?" I'm, I mean, maybe this can age really poorly, but like, hey, man, it is what it is. They they both agree. <laughs> no, to it. Hey, I'll be that. Hey, man, I'll be that guy, bro. I mean, if you're gonna go into this, you know the dangers of it. You're an adult. That's true. But I was going to say more, like, people are like, they could die, and they could. I mean, anything can go wrong in combat sports, but, like, 
I mean, guys, like Zulu Zinho was like 500 pounds and fought like a bunch of times. Like Emmanuel Yarbrough fought in UFC 1, and he was like 500. Like there are people who are bigger than Wings and Bui, and they oh. fought. Their guys are like 600, 700 pounds, and they fight. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like you just – some people are overdramatic about it, but I mean – I don't think people have ever watched Sumo ever in their life, dude, in Japan. That's true. Granted, yeah, those guys are doing one bout each day for two two weeks, like – and they have like three month breaks in between, but granted. Well, depending on how this goes, this could be Wings and Boogie's last fight ever. So, <laughs> well, not my choice. True. Fuck, but, uh, dude, I, I can't believe these guys actually got medically cleared. Well, here's, dude, the thing to get medically cleared apparently is like apparently you just have to be alive, from my understanding. <laughs> I mean, I thought I remember I, this. This I have like spine issues. I don't want to talk about it much on here, but I, I have a bad back, right? As long as you don't have a fucking tumor or a fucking brain bleed, you're good to go. Apparently, you can box, dude. <laughs> yeah, like you're chilling. But uh, yeah, man, that's that's all I got. I mean, I think this is a hilarious situation, but uh. Yeah, man. Uh, any closing thoughts on the show or anything in general? We go ahead and close out. Man, I'm just excited to have a pay per view again, man. I know it's not maybe the biggest one of the year or the most stacked, but I still think it has a lot of great storylines going into it. Uh, obviously, one of Apes put on a great event that I thought about attending this year. Uh, didn't end up kind of working out with everything going on in life, but man, I would have loved to be there, man. But it is what it is. I'll be watching it at home uh, and enjoying the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And uh, obviously huge, a bunch of combat going down this weekend. And uh, as far as the show goes, have you guys enjoyed? Um, hopefully you're listening to this. We've hit 1,000. Uh, we haven't done it as a recording, so I'm not really trying to talk about it much. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of success over the last couple of months, and we want to keep on going. We appreciate all the love and support that we get every single week. And hope you guys enjoy the show. I'm at Josh Evanoff on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore 01 at Courtside Sound for all things relating to the show on Twitter. Thank you to everybody who has subscribed on YouTube as well as TikTok. If you guys enjoyed the content, peace and butt grease. Mouse click.